Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. I want to bring just a short word this morning. Uh, we've been going through as a church, our vision for our church, and the, right at the very outset of the Freedom Centre. So if you're here for the first time and you want to, think, want to know what the vision of the church is, that's it there, Isaiah 61. We've lived through that uh, chapter, we've claimed it, we've prayed it, we've declared it, we've done, <laughs> we've done everything with it. But over the last few weeks, we've been looking at Isaiah 61, uh, not verse by verse, but just jumping in at various points, and we'll be doing that for the next month or so. Even when we are away, uh, we're going to be looking at Isaiah uh, 61. Tom and Pete are going to be looking uh, at that chapter as well. And we'll probably round it off when we come back. We're away. Uh, we're here next Sunday, but we're away the week after that. And we're traveling to India, to Malaysia, and also to the Philippines. And we're looking to perhaps take a team next year to one of those three countries. And I know a number of you have come to us and said, count me in. And uh, so that's brilliant. And uh, whilst we're there this Next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what the possibilities are for us as a church to make an even bigger impact uh, in these nations. It's not your size, it's just your availability. Okay? God always takes small things and uses them for his glory and for his uh, aims and objectives. Isaiah 61, we're going to read some verses, verses 10 and verse 11, and then we're going to jump over to Matthew 22, because I want to link with some verses from there. So we'll begin by reading verses 10 and 11 of Isaiah 61, which say, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in, the, in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations." And then Matthew chapter 22, it's a parable that Jesus is telling, and uh, the crowds are there, and he's talking to them in parables. Often people are looking confused, even the disciples are looking confused, and they all want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables, Matthew chapter 22 verse 1, the kingdom of heaven is like... It's like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies 
destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding's ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who didn't have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And uh, as we've been going through these verses from Isaiah 61, and I'm going to tie that chapter, Matthew 22, into what we looked at in Isaiah 61. But as we've been going through these verses, this chapter, these last few weeks, I've had a number of aims in the back of my mind that I wanted to get across to each and every one of us. Number one was to show you that you are loved that you are valuable to God, that you are capable, that you're useful, that you're gifted, that you're protected, that you're needed, that you have potential, that you have a future, that your better days are ahead of you rather than behind you. And I also, as our title, uh, I don't know whether it'll be on the screen or not, but our title this morning, the title of my talk is You Are Well Dressed. You Are Well Dressed. Yes, that's it. You Are Well Dressed. You see, we live in a world where you need some dress sense. We, where we go dictates what we wear, doesn't it? How ridiculous it looks and how ridiculous you feel when you turn up at something and you're not dressed appropriately for the event. Or somebody tells you you've invited to a fancy dress party and you turn up in fancy dress only to realize it isn't a fancy dress party, that you were the only one that was told it was fancy dress. And you just feel so stupid. Someone, someone, some fool has told you that it's fancy dress. You turn up in fancy dress and everybody else is dressed, dressed normally. The least well-dressed person, if they were summoned and invited to go and see the queen, would make uh, an adjustment to their clothes. They would get well-dressed. We've seen it on TV just recently. The opposition leader, I'm not talking politics, the opposition leader suddenly found himself in the midst of bright lights and cameras and attitudes and comments, and suddenly the way he used to dress is, is not quite what is called for now. So suddenly suits are appearing and ties are suddenly getting gathered into the wardrobe because he needs them for a particular or particular situations. What you're wearing this morning, when you got up, you felt what I'm wearing or what I'm going to wear is going to be appropriate to go to church, didn't you? Yeah. When I was young... It was compulsory for guys, <laughs> I said ladies, but for guys to wear a suit. 
shirt, tie, suit. And I remember that uh, one day, I've told you a story before, that uh, I came down to go to the Sunday evening uh, service and I had on a double-breasted blazer, a shirt and a tie and slacks and shoes, obviously, and everything else. And came down and my father just took one look at me and said, go and get changed and dress properly. You're going to church. That's only a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) 10 or 20. (laughs) Um, You go to the golf course, you have to wear certain clothing. You can't just wear jeans. You have to wear certain clothes. You go to a rugby match. (laughs) Sorry, I had to get that in. (laughs) Go to a rugby match. If you're Welsh or you're Scottish, you're okay. But if you're English, I mourn with you. (laughs) Um, You wear certain clothes if you're playing. Businessman turns up normally in a suit, a shirt, and a tie. A model wears the latest fashions. People make a lot of money out of our desire to be dressed appropriately in certain situations. In fact, the richer you are, the more money you spend on clothes, don't you? You do. You say, I'd like to be a bit more richer, then I would know. (laughs) But people say you do. You spend more, you take more care. Sometimes to ridiculous lengths. People get made-to-measure clothes. You get a tailored suit. The tailor measures you, fits you, hides all the bumps and lumps, and you come out looking like a million dollars. It hides all the bits that you want to be hid, and it's made just for you. Makes you look exceptional. And so when you turn up at the event, people say to you, you scrub up well. Anybody ever said that to you? It's because you're looking different from how you normally look. You don't know whether it's a compliment or whether it's an insult. I've never, never quite worked it out. You normally look okay, but today you look amazing. You don't look like you. (laughs) Your clothes have made you different, different from the average, different from the normal. And what you wear tells people what you like in fashion, in colors, in textures, in materials. tells you what you like next to your skin. It tells people what's important to you. Or maybe what's not important to you. Sometimes the way we dress, we show clothes aren't important to me at all. Sometimes you go into places and you think, I'm not dressed for the event. Remember one day in the life of the Freedom Center, I think it's the only day I turned up in church, and it was when we met in the cinema, I turned up in a shirt and a tie and a suit. I don't know what made me dress like that that day, but I just felt the dressing. I thought, well, I'll just just wear a a uh, suit and a shirt and tie. And uh, at the end of the service, this chap, who some of you know, brought down his new girl in his life. And uh, he came up and said, "Uh, this is Jack. And Jack, this is whatever her name was. I said, oh, it's lovely to meet you. And his first comment was, Jack doesn't usually dress like this. <laughs> he doesn't usually dress like that. He doesn't usually wear a suit. 
And he was trying to impress her with the sort of church that he felt she would be comfortable with. So she would be comfortable in a sort of non-very dressy church. And the very Sunday, the first Sunday he brought her, trying to impress her, impress her how casual we were all wear, jeans or shirts or whatever, uh, T-shirts or whatever we would normally wear, I turned up in a suit. And it's sort of, I could see in his face, what, what are you doing? You're blowing it for me, what are you doing? Trying to get something going here and you've blown it. He says, this is the pastor, but he doesn't normally dress like this. So, <laughs> and uh, he was trying to say, well, look, we're a contemporary church and we don't dress formally. And uh, for, for so long I went to a church that cared what you wore. The dress sense was in so important to the leaders and also to the church members. But I think personally it's a brilliant thing that over the years what we wear to church has declined in its importance. And looking at you all this morning, I can, <laughs> I can see we're just about all on the same page. We dress casual. A well-dressed or a not well-dressed sinner is still a sinner. A well-dressed or a not well-dressed saint is still a saint. It's not the outward appearance as we all know. And in the verses we read, Isaiah talks about another dress sense, some different clothes. And this is where I'm going with this. In the same way that you feel good when you wear expensive, beautiful clothes, Isaiah says, I greatly rejoice, I'm full of joy, why God has clothed me. My tailor, if you like, is God himself. He has fitted me, Isaiah is saying. He has fitted us, I'm saying. He has fitted us, made to measure. He has given us what the Bible calls garments of salvation. Garments of salvation. And then it says, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. It's not Armani. It's not Boss. It's not Ralph Lauren. It's not Jaeger. It's clothes manufactured, paid for, and created in heaven. Given to us. Made to measure for every single one of us. I just want to say a couple of things about these clothes. They are created by the designer of all designers. The designer who created the designers. The God who has every creative thought that you ever can imagine. He took a look at me and he took a look at you and he decided you could be better dressed and I could be better dressed. And so he decided he wanted to give us garments of salvation, robes of righteousness. You know, many um, designers wanted to dress people like Princess Diana. You have Victoria Beckham who people want her clothes and they love to dress famous people. They love them to model their clothes, don't they? And so they... they or Kate Middleton. So the big gig, if you like, to get is the royal wedding or whatever function it is that they can be wearing their clothes. Well, God wants us to wear his clothes and he's designed them especially for us. He took a long look at you and me and he said, I want to give them garments of salvation. I'll tailor make garments just for them. They'll hide all their blemishes. 
All the things that they want to cover up, I'm going to give them garments of salvation. I'm going to give them robes of righteousness. The things that they're ashamed of, they don't need to be ashamed of because nobody's ever going to see them because I'm going to cover them. You get what I'm saying? Just as it is with your clothes, and you think, do I look good in this? Does my whatever look big? Does, you understand? Do I look nice? Do I look thin? Some of you are laughing because you know what I'm saying. They, and it's a question every woman always asks the man. Anyway. Um, and you want to look special. You want to look nice. You want to look beautiful. God has given us clothes that make us look amazing. And they're all free. Imagine the best designer coming to you and saying, Now, here's my range. Come in, have a fitting, and I'm going to give you all your clothes for the whole of your wardrobe free of charge. You think, why? Because I just want to do it. I want to give you it. Well, that's what God has done for us. That goes against every religious doctrine that you can imagine. Any other religions, you earn it. If I'm good enough, I'll make it. If I do so many whatevers, I'll perhaps, with, a, with the rub of the wind or the, with the rub of the green, with a following wind, I'll, I'll perhaps make it. Perhaps God will be pleased with me. That's not how Christianity operates. It's the total opposite. He wants to give us garments of salvation. So then I'm turning to Matthew 22, the parable of the wedding feast. I'm going to look at this probably a bit more next, next uh, week. Tells us the story. Remember Jesus says in John 15, I've not chosen, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. What has he chosen us for? To give us garments of salvation, to give us robes of righteousness. And some people say, your robe of righteousness comes with your obedience. And with all due respect to someone who says that, I'm, I'm sorry, I do not agree. I do not agree, and that's why I looked at Matthew 22. Because in Matthew 22, we have a chap turning up in this story that Jesus told, this parable. And remember, he was trying to illustrate what the kingdom of heaven is like. You ever wonder what the kingdom of heaven is like? This is what it's like. We have a king, God. We have a son, Jesus. We have the first people invited. They were the people that Jesus came to when he came to this earth. They rejected the invitation. They rejected Jesus. They rejected the apostles. It was refused by that first group as it was in the parable. It was then extended to whoever will may come. You, me. Suddenly we got an invitation that we had no right to be invited to. To this wedding. The marriage supper of the Lamb. We have this invitation. All we have to do is dress appropriately. You get what I'm saying? I think you do. We, are, we need to dress appropriately. What do we have to wear for this special wedding? Well, we can't turn up with our own clothes. One guy did. And we'll come to him in a second. We can't turn up with our own robes of righteousness. Because if we do, we will be ejected. 
The king said, go into the highways and the byways and invite as many as you can find. Compel them to come, both good and bad. (laughs) Maybe you think you're good this morning. Well, you're invited. Maybe you think you're bad this morning. You're invited too. That's good news for me. I don't know about you. It's good news for me that the bad are invited all to the wedding. And what's implied in the, in, the, in the verses, and what many scholars believe, and I also believe, when they arrived at the wedding that they had been compelled to come to, the good and the bad, they were given wedding garments to wear as they came to the entrance of the wedding. You understand? They got their garments as they arrived at the wedding. That's why in the story... The bright spark who, who came into the wedding, not wearing the wedding attire, the king said, what are you wearing? How did you get here? How did you get in here? Because what he's basically saying, you've come in some other way. You've missed where the garments were given out. Or you've deliberately thought, I can dress in my own robes. And some of us do that, don't we? We try and dress in our own robes of righteousness. Our own garments of salvation. And what this message is saying, what this parable is telling us, what Jesus is saying to his disciples and is saying to us, don't turn up at the wedding with the wrong garments on. Don't try and think you're good enough. That your dress sense is okay. What I need you to do is wear the garments of salvation that I'm freely giving to you as the best, best designer in the universe, I'm going to give you some robes, and they're going to be robes of righteousness. And you guess what? It's not your righteousness, because your righteousness is filthy rags, to be, just to be blunt. That's what God says. That's what his word says. Filthy rags. So I don't want you wearing filthy rags to this wedding. I want you wearing robes of righteousness. How does a sinner get robes of righteousness? Good question. I'm going to answer it. You're giving them free of charge. Because it's not my righteousness. It's not your righteousness. It's his righteousness. None of us will go to the wedding without his robes of righteousness. Without his garments of salvation. So don't try and wear your own robes. Don't try and have some good deeds And think, well, I've done a bit of evangelism. I've given a bit of leaflets out. I've done this. I've given this away. I've done that. That's that's me trying to get this robe of righteousness together so that I will be accepted at the the wedding feast of the Lamb the Bible talks about. Nah. Not going to be good enough. We need His robes. We need His garments. And that's what we need to wear every single day. If we think we can do it, we can't. We need to go to the designer of all designers and put on his robes, his garments, his designer clothes. We don't need the physical. We need the spiritual clothes. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul, shall be joyful in my God, for he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. We have so much to worship God for this morning.
so much. This place should be electric with thanksgiving to God, with worship and with praise. Because we as sinners and defeatists and mourners and complainers and full of bitterness and all these things that often rise up within us, we have been proclaimed righteous. It's like going to your driving test and the driving test in short says, you don't need to drive at all, passed. You think, oh, <laughs> why? Because somebody's had the test for you. You understand? You've passed. You've passed. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're in. You're in. So this morning, put on your garments of salvation. Put on your robes of righteousness. And like you do when you get the best suit that you've ever been able to afford, best pair of jeans that you can ever imagine, you don't go out and do the gardening. You don't get playing around with dirt. You decide, I'm going to keep this good. I'm going to watch where I go, what I say, what I do, what I eat, because I want to keep these garments nice. You understand? So yes, we have garments of salvation. Yes, we've got robes of righteousness, but we wear them with integrity. You understand? We wear them with integrity. We watch what we're doing so we don't mess up what he has given us. But should you get a stain, there's a stain master, and he comes along, especially in a communion Sunday. And he says, if you've got a bit of a mess, if you've got a bit of a stain, if something's looking a bit threadbare, just pop in. I'll sort it for you. I'll get rid of that stain. I'll make that look immaculate again. I will make you look your best. I will make you look your best. Your enemy wants to make you look your worst. Your God wants to make you look your best. The best you could ever be. To go the best places you could ever imagine. To accomplish the works for him, that you, the best ones you could ever think of. To use the gifts that he's given you in the best way possible. So he says, take your garments, take your robes, and wear them like a son and like a daughter should. That's why. When the prodigal son came home, what did the father do? He put on him a robe, a son's robe, a robe from the father. And that's what he's doing to some of us this morning. He's reminding us, you're wearing a robe of righteousness. So when you come before God and you say your prayer and you're asking God to do something, you're not doing it as a beggar, you're doing it as a son and you're doing it as a daughter. You know, some of my daughters come to me, Dad, Dad, I need, I need a bit of help. I need this, I need that. And anyone who's a father or a mother, when their son or their daughter comes to them in a mess or a problem, whether they've got something or they've got nothing, will do their very best. We have a heavenly, loving Father who when you come to Him with your prayer request, whether it's just help, or whether you're interceding for hours, it doesn't matter. As soon as you reach out and ask, 
He's there. And he's saying, I want to help you. I want to be with you. I'm for you. I want to give you some garments. I want to give you some robes. I want to bless you. I want to walk with this journey through and with you. Do you understand? So, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word to us. Thank you that we are well-dressed, that we can rejoice. And as we begin to worship this morning, we can rejoice. We can have praise in our lips because you have given us garments of salvation, robes of righteousness. Lord, we don't deserve these clothes. Sometimes we don't even know how to wear the clothes, Lord. We struggle with them, Lord. We don't think we deserve them. But, Lord, you're giving them as our Father, and we are your sons and we are your daughters. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to be righteous ourselves. We're trying to think that our best efforts are good enough. We recognize now, Lord, they're filthy rags in your sight. But, Lord, put your garment of salvation over us this morning. Put your robe of righteousness over us so that we can be useful sons and daughters. So we can proclaim to heaven and to hell we have a loving Father, the designer of all designers. We thank you for your word. Lord, if there's anyone who doesn't know you this morning, Open up their heart. Knock at their door this morning. For those of us who don't feel good enough, we've never felt good enough in company or in your presence. Lord, for those who don't feel good enough, supernaturally, show them that robe of righteousness. Show them that robe of righteousness, Holy Spirit that the righteousness of Jesus is something that we can put on and wear with elegance, with a proper pride, knowing our Father has covered our reproach, covered our sin, covered our wrongdoing, and that He's pleased with us. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.